0: Welcome
1: to 80s Music Exposed, the podcast in which we review all the best albums of the 80s, one month at a time. We will break them down, give you the skinny, and duke it out over whether or not you should dig these out again. So, if you're ready for an 80s music deep dive from AHA to WHAM, Bowie to XTC, Madonna, air metal, new wave, and all points in between. Then crank the boombox, turn your Walkman up to 10, and let's go. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I ripped that off from John Oliver. Can I hit the desk too?
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome to 80s Music Exposed. You don't have enough desk in front of you to do that today. Like that. There you go. You probably cut that. I
3: respect that you did not attempt the British accent.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. (laughs) Welcome to 80s Music Exposed. I'm Henry, joined by my co-hosts Chris and Megan. Say hi guys.
0: Hello.
2: Hi guys. Henry had to get nobody, a swig of water. I thought to, you were. I thought you were going. Nobody there. wants to fill. I thought the you air. were riffing. I didn't. Usually at the beginning you riff like a madman. Yeah,
1: I, I was. I've
2: been thinking about the cold
1: open for a long time, and like I just kept drawing for the top of the day. It would not happen for me today.
2: Megan, do you ever stay up at night thinking about the cold open?
3: No, no, I don't either. I will say the reason I didn't say anything there is because a I already said hello. And B, I was (laughs) sipping my Diet Verner's because Uh. I'm from
0: Michigan.
2: Megan's contract specifically says she doesn't have to say anything after hello until the first record.
3: (laughs) Hello. And man, it's a doozy of a record.
2: Oh, yeah. I gave you a good one this time. We have had all kinds of weird developments since the last time we talked. No, no, no. No, no, no. Don't get into your weird developments. You've got to sing. Oh, the Billboard Top Five songs to from August. I was hoping to blitz 1983. through that. Nineteen eighty-three.
1: I mean, our listeners know what we do is we review albums, right? That's what I we would do. hope they know that already. I mean, if they're with us this far, you know that we listen to five albums for every month of the eighties. We've been going at it since God was a child, <laughs> right? Seems that way. And one of the some
3: of the albums, yes,
2: yeah,
1: right. And and occasionally we do classic album episodes, but this is. The show for August of 1983. It
2: is. And it just so happens that in August of 1983, there were five songs that were at the top of the Billboard charts. And Henry gets to sing them every week, unless Megan wants to jump in and hit the mic.
3: You know, I was wondering if this was going to be the week where you didn't try to rope me into it. And right as I was having that thought, you said that. So clearly I was giving you too much credit, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, but uh, no, like I'm kind of congested. Like I said, this diet verners it's necessary. We'd have to do these songs justice.
1: What is that word you just said? Diet what?
3: Diet Verner's. What is that? It's a ginger ale.
1: Is that a Michigan thing?
3: Yeah, kind
1: totally. of. Totally. Diet Verners.
3: I mean, I it's usually regular Werners, I think, is, is probably that, the Michigan thing. Is that but, a Coca-Cola? Uh, diet.
2: Like a cola drink?
3: No, a ginger ale.
2: Okay. It looks it's like this, Henry. It's called a it's called a Verners. V E R N O R S. <laughs>
3: huh. Yep. You know, today, Vernors.
2: Vernors. You're gonna learn today, Verners. Verners. You're gonna learn today. We don't get we don't get Verner's up up or down this way.
0: No, <laughs> up down up all down round, all around. Whatever. No.
2: Um, okay, so anyway, Henry, you're gonna sing five <laughs> songs from August 1983. The top five songs are on the Billboard chart. Me me me. <laughs> number one on the chart was number one last month as well. It's "Every Breath You Take" by the Police. Every breath you take. Oh my God, I hope it gets better than that. Every move you make. Number two is a new entry. It was Sweet Dreams Are Made of This by Eurythmics. Sweet dreams are made of this. You have to say it like that. You have to say this. It's worse. She Works Hard for the Money by Donna Summer. She works hard for the money. So hard for you, honey. Maniac by Michael Cimbello. She's a maniac, maniac on the something. I don't think
1: you ever...
2: You i don't sing. think he ever said
1: hey, like
2: you know when i when i hear that guy sing i Whoa. it's not him but i always think of that guy from the lost boys with the um saxophone that's standing on the car
3: <laughs> oh yeah the really greased up I guy really I,
2: really, I still believe up. that guy <laughs> Number five is uh, Stand
1: Back by Stevie Stand Nicks. Stand Back, stamp. It sounds like when you're singing, it sounds like you're saying Stamp Act.
2: I always thought you were stamp saying. Stamp
1: Act, Stamp Act.
2: Like you're trying to tell people what it is. I always thought she was singing about the headache powder, Stand Back. <laughs> Megan, oh did you God. have those? Do you have those in Michigan, Stand Back, head, Headache Powder?
3: A headache
2: powder? No. She's never seen a headache powder. So in the South, we have headache powders where you just like mainline. You can't wait. Your headache's so bad. You can't take the pill. You just get a powder.
1: It comes in a little wax folding thing you can put on your tongue and put in your drink.
2: And the the number one brand is so powerful. It's called the Stand Back. It's like... Is it? Is, is your head hurting? Stand back. <laughs> there's stand
1: back, and then there's goodies, goodies. and then there's BC. Mm-hmm. When the pain keeps growing, and you gotta keep going, that's the time to take
2: BC. That's the song. Yeah,
3: I've, I've never heard of that. But see, def- I mean, maybe it's a thing, but I've never heard of it. So we're
2: learning things about about regions. education. We are. It's yeah, all about education. You have another thing. You came to
1: 80s Very music exposed things. for. Hey guys,
2: before Henry sang miserably that time, that was your worst, by the way, Henry. You were about to go into something about yes fan mail or something. Big news, we got a letter. The way you said big news right there, I am thinking I am going to put something underneath. Big news. Can I should I?
1: Big news from Livingston, Texas. We got an email from a guy. We got an email from uh, a guy that runs a a prison radio show in Livingston, Texas, who listens to our show. So hold on a second. The guy emailed us from prison. So the way it works in jail is that (laughs) you cannot. You can't have access to, I suppose, email yourself, but you can handwrite the letter and mail it to another guy who will email you. So we got an, an email from his friend. Who's not in prison. Who's not in prison. Okay. But the guy's name is Alan Rogers. Hi, Alan. Hi, Hope Alan. you doing well. Um, yeah, hello. He listens to our podcast, enjoys it very much, ha- sent us three... Three scanned letters,
2: right? Asking us questions about uh, some of the stuff that we do. Sorry, I'm a little confused. So Alan is the emailer who's not in prison, and he sent us three scanned letters from his friend who is in prison by the name of... Alan Alan Rogers is the inmate. Okay, who is the friend?
1: Uh, William, I don't know if I should say his name on air or not. Hello,
2: William. Thanks for sending us the email. And hello, Alan... Thank you for writing hand. Can do they get pencils? Do they get pencils in prison. Well, it's pencils and it's two
1: handwritten letters okay. is, and one that's, I guess, typewritten on a regular typewriter.
2: Now that's a fan, Megan. I mean, if you have to write out it by hand a letter to us, you really are digging it.
3: I know it's really cool. Thank so, you so much for and, writing. And out, it was, yeah, it was really cool reading it.
2: Maybe we'll write William. William is that the outside? The email guy. Yes. That's yeah. Well, maybe we'll maybe we'll write William back to say thank you. Okay. So that's good. pretty crazy. So you never you never know who you're gonna reach with these with these with these crazy podcasts.
1: Golly.
3: Well, isn't that like that's the crazy part? I didn't know that like in prison you would be able to access podcasts, but I'm, I'm sure like probably in a library or something like there's some sort of system for that. He said. It's- Kind of cool though, and I don't see why not. You he know. said he couldn't listen like, to it
1: all, so it must be like a period of time, you know? Like the coolest thing
2: I'm, I'm thinking though is like, if he requested to listen, do you think like the guards who didn't want to listen to 80s Music Exposed had to listen <laughs> to make sure there was no like coded messages in there? Like,
1: we're not delivering them. God, I hate
2: hey. this podcast. God, these people suck.
3: <laughs> nope, we're just talking about quarter flash. We're,
1: we're sending a file in a, in a cake. It's like Shawshank Redemption.
3: Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: Anyway,
1: thanks for writing, Alan. We'll get back to you soon. Also, big another big piece of news. Did 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 eat? We have a website now. It's called 80smusicexposed.com.
2: That's original. I like that. How did you come up with that one? Well, it's the name of our podcast. Oh, I dig it. And you got com too. We're That's not right. like dot home or That's dot right. dork or dot something weird because we couldn't get calm.
1: Right. And shortly you will both have 80smusicexposed.com email addresses. What? So we'll yes. probably yes. know
3: this is gonna happen. So How I will
1: drop this on you like as a surprise, Megan. So we'll, we'll, I like it. we'll have uh, an email address for you and for Chris and for Henry, so that people can, you know, email us. We already have the first blog post up, which Chris finished up today. I was we so excited! A,
2: I, I dropped a blog post. That's right. Cool. Uh, look at you. You're I know. So look hip. at me. I know. I like. I dropped a blog post, Henry. So be thinking about your blog topic, Megan. I worked so hard on it. I had to take <laughs> a BC exciting. headache powder. <laughs> But the pancakes growing.
1: That's so
3: crazy. And, yeah. Like, why is that a thing in the south and not up here? It like, is, I don't it's, understand. I wonder why.
1: I do too. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. We have feedback from Madonna, one of our Patreon subscribers. From Madonna? Front? Not from Madonna. That would have been
2: news.
3: Now,
1: that <laughs> would have been That would have been like top shelf news. Hey, Madonna emailed
3: us.
2: Madonna
1: Instagrammed us, by the way.
3: Yeah, that wouldn't be like the fifth item <laughs> that, would that be you mentioned.
2: Right. Yeah, I would have thought that would have got bumped ahead of your singing the top 5 songs. <laughs> so, I mean, we have a we have Patreon subscribers. One
1: of them is named Ken, and Ken oh. will school your ass in a hot minute
2: over some fucking R&B. Okay? I'm going to tell you what Ken, Ken is going to be really happy later on in this episode. I know. Of- I know. Ken, stay tuned, Ken. K- Ken. <laughs> he Ken. will sp- <laughs> Ken but I'm sorry I'm here, but we've been all week Henry and I have been calling you Ken Ken, and it's out of love it's out of affection it's, so, not, it's not anything else he says, Ken take a stand back and hold on <laughs> Ken cool your jets and and cool your goods. jets
0: for a
1: minute Ken we're going to tell you something this one's for you Ken Ken says he 100% thought Madonna was black Really well, she he says that she was a racial Trojan horse in request that we play. If you take the song, Stephanie Mills' song uh, "Never Knew Love Like This Before." Do you guys know that song? Yeah, know that and song. And if you put compare it with "Borderline" by Madonna, the common framer, the commonality there is going to be a guy named Reggie Lucas, and Reggie Lucas is from the group M T U M E Matume. I guess is how you pronounce it and he wrote both of those songs he said that basically what they did not put madonna on the front of the album because they i think they were hoping that people would think she was black get adopted by black listeners first and he bets ken says that the black kids were probably listening to madonna before the white kids were
3: probably i mean especially when you take into account like the songwriter mm-hmm. and it sounds like There was um, some intention with her working, you know, with a black artist. Um, So So I believe it.
1: If you get a chance, look at uh, both of those songs side by side. Be wow, these things are very similar.
2: Well, I am going to play them right now. Okay. Wow, Ken that does sound similar.
1: <laughs> but yes, Ken knows a lot about R&B.
2: Ken, you still need to take a goodies and chill out, Ken. Ken's going to be happy later in the episode, I think. He is. I think so. And maybe I maybe I don't I yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. I think Ken will be happy later in the episode. And Ken, thank you for listening. Honestly, we make fun, but you're you're like one of our top listeners and he's a he's a he's what, our, he's, our patron- he's a material girl, right? He, yes, he is. Okay, we better do something that we know how to do, which is review some albums. So let's do the five, wink, wink, albums from August of 1983. And the first one is by Billy Joel, a legend. I mean, I I, I don't even know. Should we? We don't even have to cover this, right? Because we could. I guess we should. Okay, the album is called "An Innocent Man." It's an all music believe it or not four star record it's a rolling stone four star record you want to know the hits on this one henry there's a bunch megan you want to know them it's uptown girl tell her about it an innocent man the longest time leave a tender moment alone keeping the faith all of those fucking things were in the top 25 on the chart
0: dang
2: dang is right i did not know that um so I just picked the only one, believe it or not, that went to number one. I thought Uptown Girl went to number one, but it didn't. Of none. course, it did. It didn't. It did not. It did? The what? only one to go to number one was this one. Tell her about it.
0: What? Listen, boy, I don't wanna see you let a good thing slip away. You know what don't. Watching anybody make the same mistakes i made She's a real nice girl and she's always there for you But a nice girl wouldn't tell you what you should do Oh listen boy, I'm sure that you think you got it all under control You don't want somebody telling you the way to stand someone's soul You're a big boy now and you're not
2: So, only occasionally does it happen that I have trouble reviewing a record that we have to listen to just because I have such distaste for the artist. We ripped Glass Houses a new one. Right. Remember that?
1: Yes. And, this, and then we listened to Nylon Curtains, and we kind of gave it this begrudging respect. Do you remember that? I probably blanked that out. I don't remember that. Do you remember that, I do remember. I do. It's like this begrudging kind of, uh, he tried. Like, you know, like... He tried to make an art record, right? Oh, God. Yeah, I did point that out. So I would file this under an album that I liked before I knew better. Like, this came along in 1983. I was 12. I distinctly remember seeing Uptown Girl on my grandparents' TV set because they had (laughs) MTV. I didn't have MTV yet at home, but I remember watching it. And I remember thinking, wow, I really like that sound. How does he get that high falsetto going? Look at this, all this. I didn't know about Frankie Valley. I didn't even know anything about that shit. I just knew I liked that sound. And I and I knew I liked Christy Brinkley. And I knew that the oh part, the guys were going to
2: do break dancing. All right? That's what I knew. Yeah, so a couple things. We got to get... I, 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 I don't like Billy Joe at all, but I, we have to give the devil his due on this album. Cause when I listed all those hits, I was like, this is a big album. Well, it had hits, yeah. Big, more than had hits. I mean, there's not a lot of albums in the 80s that had six top 20 I hits know. on it. So, but there's reasons why this almost probably should have been a single. Album episode, but literally, I would have had to eat enough stand back powder to probably kill me to get through it. So
0: gagging it halfway through. Well, but let me it's say, not- let me bring up,
2: let me bring up this point, which is interesting for me, is Henry, and see, see what you think of this. When we were kids, mm-hmm. videos were so new mm-hmm. that even if you didn't particularly like the song, you were just wowed by vi- like I love Uptown Girl the video because. Had nothing to do with the song. Now you you seem to geek out on the tune. I didn't give a shit about that. I was just I like did. Christie Brinkley, and it's a gas station attendant dancing around with the like getting in a limo. Way. I mean, there was there was this other band that reminded me of that. I hated the fucking band. I hated the song, but I would watch the video every time because I just was like videos when we were kids. You just left MTV on all day, no matter what they played.
1: Yeah, I guess just, that's what I'm getting. Yeah, at. it went on and on with Dixie's Midnight Runners.
2: Yeah, and so I was wondering right. where the breaking point was with that because at some point when it turned to the '90s. You were like, I'm not watching all the fucking videos on TV. You know what I'm saying? I think I do. Like,
1: you're saying there's a time period where you just set it and let it roll. Because the medium was
2: so new. The it was like, holy
1: shit. And you think that's why I like the song?
2: No, I'm saying that's why I like the song. You sound like you really like well, the fucking song. Well,
1: I, it's hard to, it, to. I can't divorce the two in my head now. It'll always be those two guys breakdancing and Christy Brinkley and, and Billy Joel dancing at the end of it. That's what it'll always be. But you know, but but now you know it's like unearned valor. You know, the guy basically ripped off every R and B person uh, in existence to make this record.
2: Is unearned valor? Is that a movie? Is that like a you know Stallone like, was, movie that I never yeah, saw? Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, like when it's when you coming to theater soon. <laughs> unearned valor. It's like you when you pretend to be a general or something.
3: Stolen valor.
1: Yeah, whatever. Yeah, he didn't. He hasn't earned it at all. You know, he just made all these songs that were
2: direct rips of, you know, artists, mock rock. So why, uh, and I'm just going to play devil's advocate. Why is he mock rock and somebody else that is, where's their Beatles? Like why is Oasis not um, just Beatles? Because
1: box? it's not derivative. I mean, it's direct, almost artistic theft. So you don't think it's Oasis so, is
2: direct artistic? I uh, think, I well, I don't know. I don't I can't. Think
3: this record is that. I mean, I really don't like, isn't it kind of his, Like, he grew up in the 50s and 60s, so it's that. And, I mean, you definitely get that sound. So, I don't know. I don't think – I think this is a very of-the-time record. Like, it could never be a hit now. Like, it was a hit because it came out in 1983. Like, he got tubby little Billy Joel, you know, who was at the time a superstar. I don't think somebody like that could become – a superstar
2: now but it was it was a hit then megan i agree with you megan but I, it was a hit then because of our parents it was not it was aimed just, at the teenagers same experience. they
3: were baby boomers so, yeah like so my, my
2: dad loves the four seasons in frankie valley so you he thought i joel wasn't was the great. audience for that that's basically. what's weird what i'm saying is like most of these albums were covering the audience was teenagers billy joel was already singing he's singing to like my mom and dad
1: but all that, that stuff was on the radio back then so, yeah but
2: i mean my parents loved this album like this was on in my house all the fucking time it's just it's this it's it, on this record for
1: me the whole appropriation shtick this guy does for it just goes over the top I'm we're not, not talking homage. with megan though i don't think I, it's it don't direct it goes into direct knockoff i don't
3: know i don't think so i do not
1: cultural but artistic appropriation
3: it's like Well you know, yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. I, I think it's like his homage or like his kind of tribute to that type of music that he grew up with. That's always But at least the at
2: least you know his influences, right? Like like some of these bands, like we we cover these like Jay Giles band. Like who the fuck did they listen to? I don't know. Or Loverboy, who did they listen to. Yeah. At least we know Billy uh Billy Idol. Billy Joel listened to Like, who he listened to. Yeah. Yeah. He likes doo wop. He likes. And he did a whole
1: record with like zero drive, zero innovation at all, and decided to knock off all those guys. And didn't really provide to me like what is habit. it
3: a knockoff if it's like an original song, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it just sounds similar. So much- I think I it's, don't know
1: if it's, it's so knock-off.
2: tethered to their distinct thing,
1: each one individually. It's not like he made a cohesive
2: whole year. I think that's a hard argument to make because I mean, you would the Beatles would tell you that they're just Chuck Berry ripoff, he ripped off his betters.
1: That's what he did.
2: So did the Beatles. So did the Rolling
1: Stones. That's that's different. This is this is directly a direct rip off.
2: So is that of so? Each so, artist so, are, so is that separately.
1: I I, and, I don't see it. That I don't. Way. And he didn't add enough of himself. I don't think
2: it's good to me. I don't think he's particularly good. And I'll tell you. That. I'll tell you where I kind of agree with you is that Billy Joel is like that guy in a bar mm. that's at the piano that you ask to play a song, any song, and he can play any fucking song and do a capable uh, a, a capable version of any kind of song, and that's what he sounds like. But I don't fault the guy for wearing his influence like this, what he likes.
1: He's not just wearing it. He's directly mm-hmm. writing songs. In the, he might as well be Weird Al Yankovic or something.
2: I will say one other thing I like about Billy Joel. Even worse than Weird Al Yankovic. He I respect, respect that days. Billy Joel now has said, I'm retired from writing songs. On his last couple two words, did he say that? He says, "I don't write songs anymore. I'm too old. I don't. You know, old guys should not be writing music. I'll play all my songs, but I'm not. I'm not going to continue to uh, make you guys pay a bunch of money and sit and listen to three new Billy Joel songs that you have no interest in. I love that attitude mm-hmm. where it's like he knows what they're coming for. His ego's not so big that he's like. Yeah. And by the way, here's a new one."
3: Yeah, I don't, don't know, know, have, Fuck I, you, I don't want to hear anything. I, I, I Play I like Allentown. People, and I like this record. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's, like I said, I don't think it's necessarily intended for me, and it was very of the time, but I like it. I, I think he's a very talented artist, and I mean, can't deny that.
2: I, I can't deny the number of hits on this album and the amount of records it sold, and I can't deny, I got to, I mean, Somebody liked it. Uh, all Music gave it four stars. Rolling Stone gave it four stars. It's just not for me. I always felt this was, was just for the generation um, before me, because my my dad very much connects with doo wop and Frankie Valley and mm-hmm. standing around a gar— uh, uh, is it a barrel? A barrel on fire. Four guys standing around a barrel on That's fire. That's my going, vision of it. <laughs> you know that kind of shit. Yeah, I like that stuff. And Billy Joel's like right in that wheelhouse, you know. So in some of it.
1: I'm glad that we all staked out a separate claim here. Megan's on the like side. You're, Chris is more in the middle, and I'm like, burn this thing in a trash can. <laughs> I'm, I'm a burn it
2: up guy, but I just feel I'm like your reasoning's wrong. Nah. I just think your reasoning's out of whack. Disappointing. That's, that's, that's two thumbs down, and it sounds like a thumbs up, Megan, right?
3: Oh, definitely a thumbs a up. A
2: hard thumbs up. Moving right along to
1: orchestral maneuvers in the dark everyone calls it omd the record oh, yeah. we listened yes, to totally. was called dazzle ship and we're going to play part of a song called genetic engineering this is an all-music four-star album by the way yes that's right
3: efficient logical effective, and practical
1: So it has been said that OMD lost 90% of their fan base when they made this record. I can see that. Don't that's ridiculous.
3: Why. I mean, I get it, but also like it is shocking to me because this is before Pretty in Pink.
1: Yes. Yes. It's before that. Go back. They're not that band yet, the 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 smarmy cheesy band yet, right?
3: Smarmy cheesy band, that's a good way of describing I mean, it. But yes.
1: The reviews were fucking scathing on this album, though, from back then. They hated it. The credits hated it. It sold, they only sold like 300,000 copies compared to Architecture and Morality's 3 million copies.
2: So my eyes have been completely opened by our podcast again because mm-hmm. Architecture and Morality was not the album I expected it to be. Not it was either. much cooler, right? Yep. Yep. Um, I guess I was one of the pretty and pink guys. Thought he was. Mm, so of did tools. I. I. just.
1: I mean, I, this
2: fucking record is a goddamn art record. I know, like ballsy as fuck. I'm reading. I'm, I'm reading multiple reviews as I'm going through. listening to this thing. People comparing it to Kid A. Now this is Kid A. Before today, I, I didn't. Obviously, they weren't comparing it to Kid A back then. If they had right been, right. it would have been fucking amazing. That's why my mouth was because open because Kid A wasn't out. Um, but what I'm trying to say is these guys were taking. I would, I would put forth. They're taking a bigger chance than Radiohead because people expect Kid A from Radiohead. Mm-hmm. These guys, fuck, like they were the real fucking deal. They were, and I, I, I love this. I found this completely enjoyable. But, but I, but I, I, I wonder if part of that was because I had them in my brain as this other thing, and they're they. They weren't so far that we've listened to. Now, maybe they turn into that. You guys are saying they turn into that. Well, it's like, what was it? I think it's, it's either.
3: Kind of. Like 86. Like I've when known they'd... them for such a long time, too. Mm-hmm. So like I've always kind of known them as alternative. Isn't it... So like even the poppier stuff, it was like, I don't mind that, though, either.
1: If you leave, right? That's the one. Yep. That's the mm-hmm. one that's going to come later where you're going to think, oh, they're that it's, kind of it's band. It's hard
2: to reconcile this album with that I, band. Though. I've taken a little deeper dive into Dazzle Ship. So, part of it, I think, came out of the. I, like, I want to give them all the credit in the world, so I'm not slagging on them at all. But but part of it, it seemed like what came out of. They, were, they had toured so much with architecture and morality, mm-hmm. and they were kind of bankrupt of ideas they were kind of needing a reset and the record company as always is the cliche was all Mm -hmm. over them for the next record and they kind of like i think brilliantly like creatively tried to start putting together like samples and things to try to cover for the fact that they didn't have any fucking song Mm -hmm. and came up with a great record now i bet they in their heads look back and go we weren't doing kid a we just had no fucking ideas but man the balls to give this to. Her. I know. I mean, go here. Well, about that's so
3: creative and it's very creative. Way. Oh, you know, very creative. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, sure,
2: but at the time, I would think they were thinking, "Gosh, we were just we don't have any songs. This is the best we can do." But they were they were doing great, is what I'm saying. Okay, it went
1: so bad for them that they didn't even admit There wasn't in two, until 2008 when they would even admit being proud of the record at all when they finally Mm -hmm. remastered. So if you went to the stream, you probably heard the 2008 remaster version. The only critical thing I could say about it would be, I think they leaned into some of the radio stuff a little hard. That's all. You know, they really like, there was a lot of tracks in there where they kept evoking that sort of Cold War thing. And I think the reason why I was kept, they caught some slag about not being political so they said okay let's do political stuff
2: i I also think and this is just my taste now i i expect a level of um I, my art rock, I expect a level of um, cynicism, or mm-hmm. that's not on this. It's a little happier than I <laughs> want it to be, right? Weird, Right? Yeah, it's a little bit
1: but more. That's dumb,
0: I feel no, like it that's is, that's and that's the. Time. She's right. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, look, I was as put off by it on architecture and morality <laughs> as anybody because it was. I didn't expect it to be like that. So there's really nothing about this record I hate.
3: I think it's a fun one to show people because mm-hmm. not very many people know about it. And
1: the and the Peter Saville cover, you know,
3: yeah, that's super cool. cool. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's really weird. I don't know how it would feel if I were them because you want to hit and you want to be known forever for a great song, but then on the other hand, if you did this kind of record and all people know you for, it, like I'm a guy that would appreciate dazzle ship, and I had no idea it existed. So I bet I bet that's a source of frustration for guys like that, but I'm going to give it hey, a...
3: we got a hit. They t- was just a little bit later. They
2: yeah, t- yeah. And I mean, I, I was watching the video for this one and genetic engineering, and I was like, I can't even believe they talked the record company into letting them do a video. Usually when record companies hate something that bad, mm-hmm. they're just like, we're going to do the, the bare, minimum. bare minimum release on this thing and mm-hmm. move on. But um, good on them. I, this is one of those records where I hope our fans out there or our listeners out there like this is why we do the show because yes. I've never heard of this record and it's really good and I would recommend it for all of you. Yeah, thumbs up. Same. All right, Megan, what's the next one?
3: All right. Um, our next record is by a band called Bad Brains, and the song is or no, the album excuse me, is Rock for Light, and we're playing part of band in DC.
2: Okay, Bad Brains. So, man, when we were in the '90s, Bad Brains, we loved Bad Brains. Yeah, I thought they were great, and I and the thing I've always liked about Bad Brains is they're like five bands in one. Like they're they're a thrash band, thrash. They're a ska band,
1: reggae. They're a
2: reggae band. Yep. They do like to me. They sound like a band that Henry and I liked as kids because they were like uh, Living Color. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like they oh, could, yeah. they could do like heavy rock. They could do all the shit, and then there was a period there, and I can't—I don't think he was on this record. But when they had the singer who was in a wheelchair, in a wheelchair, yeah, the guy was fucking killing it, and it, you're just like, man. And I this
1: record it. is kind of all before that, you know. It is, but it, it's it.
2: interesting how all the styles were on this record, yes. and then I didn't know this, but Rico Kasich produced the record.
3: Yeah, yeah, which is—I mean, he was actually. He produced a few big records, but this mm-hmm. one was probably one of the biggest ones I right. feel like he produced, which is crazy,
2: yeah, and it's great. I almost feel like I can hear him sequencing it too because you you 'll get two hardcore songs in a row, and then all of a sudden they break into a slow like reggae song and it's kind of cool because you don't think of you don't think of hardcore guys as being able to play their instruments no. and these guys can really, they were jazz can though. really play Wait, yeah. before
1: they did this, they were a jazz group you know it always made me respect them more
2: because it's almost like they're not they're not a thrash band because they or or like a hardcore band because they have to be they want to. they wanted to be also you know we reviewed
1: metallica or something a few weeks ago these guys back then you brought both to the table if you were in hardcore you were you brought metallica and bad brains together Mm -hmm. it wasn't until later that that the things started separating out you know you guys listen to the probably the remix that O'Casic did with the bass player, uh, Daryl Jennifer was his name. The record's like hardcore, hardcore, hardcore uh, reggae, hardcore dub or something like hardcore that. Hardcore
2: rock. And rock. then, like, yeah, and then like hardcore again. Yeah. And so
1: I guess you'd call it flash
2: uh, thrash metal. I mean, it's hard to call that's what's so fun about this record. It's hard to call it anything. I mean, there's as yeah. much of all the different things on there. Um, And again, but that's what to me was super interesting about Bad Brain.
1: I liked HR's voice on this one a lot. Like he would go this shriek. He wasn't afraid to make his voice stretch and do weird stuff.
2: Yeah. And I always, I always, I think Bad Brains to me always brought a level of fun to it that Mm -hmm. wasn't always there with thrash bands.
1: Uh, Thumbs up for me on this one. Yeah. Another thumbs up. Big fan. Same. Definitely. Cool beans. Make quick work of that one, guys. Let's uh, talk about another, well, another rock, rock band, a different kind of rock, (laughs) rock band. ACDC, Flick of the Switch. Put this under Shit We Like. We'll play uh, part of This House is on Fire. Come on, man. You got to be liking this. <laughs> They're both staring I at mean, me. I
3: mean, ACDC is fun. You can't deny it.
2: So this is the record that I left ACDC as a kid. Why? Well, I couldn't figure it out as a kid, but I think I know now. Because to me, there were always two ACDCs. There were, there were ACDCs. There was Bon Scott ACDC, mm-hmm. which was yeah. rock, almost punk rock. Sure. And then there was the Brian Johnson, that's his name, right? Uh, back in right. Black, um, For Those About to Rock, yes. ACDC, right. which, is, which is like Mutt Lang. Right. This is, for- this is that without Mutt Lang. Yeah. And I don't like it. See, I, I'm, I'm not with you on that. And I'll tell I you why. why. Because they, they were trying to get back to Bon Scott, ACDC, yeah. and they forgot Bon Scott. <laughs> Bro, this Johnson dude can't do the raw. Like I'll, I'll, every, even as a kid, when I heard "Flick of the Switch," I mm-hmm. just wanted to go back and listen to um, one of the like high voltage because Bon Scott sounded like he actually crawled out of hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear it. Just that me. you know, that crazy fucking <laughs> voice. In part. And yeah. Brian, but, but anyway, I I like Back in Black. I like For Those About to Rock. I always, as a kid question why i didn't like flick of the switch and i thought going into this i was gonna like it it just sounds kind of like for those about to rock part two yeah and not as good i just enjoyed
1: being able to hear the marshall for a change like without all the reverb and crap yeah they put on it Mm -hmm. like it it, um i like the guitar without the reverbs that song nervous breakdown you can actually hear the low rumble in the back of the cabinets and i thought i was glad they kind of gave you a taste of that without the production, you know? But maybe the songs weren't there. Like, that's what I'm thinking. Like, would, would it have better, been better if the songs had been a little bit better?
2: I mean, to me, the songs are the same songs as the last two records, but without Mutt Lang shining them up. I don't but know. the songs are more raw prior to that because old ACDC was just like a live wire. They're not anymore. They figured out how to write a three-chord radio rocker. All
1: right, so they did the loud background vocals, but they didn't do it in the Mutt Lang way. Right. You know, on the Mutt Lang back in black, it's like, big, you know, massive stadiums. This one isn't that. And and it's not. It's not back in black. I think that's why I like it. I think I like it because
2: it's like a completely different take. (sighs) That's weird to say like back in black is worse.
1: No, it's not worse. It's just I liked this one because it wasn't. Because they didn't decide to do back in black too. To me, it sounds more like just a different flavor.
3: Um, I mean, I feel like ACDC, it is interesting. Sometimes I even kind of forget about bon scott because like the acdc that i grew up on was more like the brian johnson i think that's his last name i apologize if it's not so that's like back in black acdc is what i'm so familiar with so like maybe it's because i'm not super familiar with like bon scott uh acdc that i don't mind this record as much like i mean i think that they're super fun and they have kind of that is their signature in a way is kind of just like the loose, hard like rock and roll. And even with like Brian Johnson they maintained that. So I like it, but I mean it's not anything that special, I don't think.
2: No, and I lost uh, like the ears of America didn't like this one compared to the two before either they
3: wanted a stadium record well you never hear about this one first of all no you know like i mean like i mean really this is the most i've heard about this album ever and it's because we're talking about it and like you know covering it
2: yeah again i if 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 i want my raw uh stripped down acdc give me high voltage Yep. And if I want my Brian Johnson ACDC, I'll take back and black over this fucking thing. Any
1: day. <laughs> I, I like both flares. Thumbs up for me. Thumbs down for Chris. And Megan's a thumbs down on it too, right?
3: Yeah, I would have to say, I mean, I'm I'm not going to give it a thumbs up. I'd, I'll probably never listen to it no, again.
1: That house is might, not on fire. I might. I think my house is on fire.
3: <laughs> You're so
2: fucking weird.
3: <laughs> You're the only
2: guy that's going to listen to Flick the Switch. That's not true. All right. Hey. Good, good on you. Henry. Oh,
3: yeah. I was going to say, there's definitely others out there. Oh, for like,
1: sure. I know. All you flick of the switch is come and talk to me.
3: <laughs> get your custom email.
1: Let's not, let's not get it too far, okay? Let's not go too
3: crazy here. All
2: right, Megan, why don't you take us to the next one?
3: Oh, yay. So um, it's by XTC, a band that I always want to. Uh, Enjoy more than I actually do, but <laughs> the album is Mummer, and we're going to play part of Love on a Farm Boy's Wages.
2: You to start on this one please just listen to english settlement you know it's um it because it's just outtakes it, to me it's just
1: out so english what settlement. is
2: what does pastoral mean i mean
1: really like the record company didn't like this record as much because it got it was what does it mean
2: well english settlement was pastoral. i know but
1: what does it really so mean?
2: i think in the context of xtc if you listen to what they put out before these two records it right. just means there's literally samples of bird's tweeting and in the breeze and they're playing acoustic instruments so more acoustic stuff more laid back and they called it english settlement which is like out on a farm Farm for boys wages and farm yeah it's all like it's like they went back to the 1800s or something it's interesting though like the, the drummer was like fuck it quit at this point <laughs> which i love you know like henry and I, henry and i've been in bands for our entire uh, lives and there's two kinds of drummers there's the one that's just like an athlete who's really not right. like and those are the guys that are like this guy that's just like we're not playing live and these songs are fucking pastoral fuck off fuck off here. plus i'm gonna go work in a bar
1: they weren't touring so we're right, not touring so They were like, not going to tour so, and these guys only get paid when they're you know
2: yeah. playing gigs So he's like, well, how am I going to eat? And I like what Megan said to intro it. Like, (laughs) I want to like them more than I do. This is a fine record. It's very good. It is. XTC
1: didn't make a bad record. So it's splitting hairs just a
2: little bit. Well, and then, like, sure. I I was trying to make the... I don't know. If I'd not ever heard English <laughs> Settlement, I would be like, okay, this Mummer's pretty good. But, yeah, but, you know, but in comparison, you're comparing it to, like... And I hate to take all things back to ACDC, but it's the same with fucking Flick of the Switch. Why listen to that when Back in Black is out there? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: Like, I've only got yeah, a yeah. finite of time left yeah. on Earth. I'm not going to listen to Flick of the Switch or Mummer. <laughs>
3: No, and I find the name Mummer kind Mm of annoying. Kind of weird. Not that that's important feedback, but...
2: (laughs) I always want it to be Murmur, which is a great record, but I'm always looking at it like, oh, XTC did a Murmur. Oh, Mummer.
3: Right,
1: so everything about XTC (laughs) I love, but also this is the one where the barriers to entry kind of start showing a little bit, I think. Mummer, like English, like U.S. audiences are going to be like, What? Love on a farm boy's weight. What? You it's, know, pastoral. It's, it's pastoral. It's pastoral, like, It's like all that stuff is not quite. <laughs> they're so English that people are, be, are turning the opposite direction, I think, in the U.S.
2: I, I, I totally good. agree. I and totally agree. One thing that I, I did watch. But, but be, be happy because Skylarking is coming. It is
1: coming. Right?
2: Skylarking's on the way. Yeah,
1: they're hit. They're
2: Everybody big, calm down.
1: But uh, I, I was watching that documentary they did about XTC a few years ago and he was talking about the way that he wrote songs it was very interesting he 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 writes them as if he's seeing them in his mind like he could on the on the documentary they had him play a chord structure that sounded like mud in a puddle and it did it sounded like mud in a puddle that guy that's how he writes what do they call it synesthesia I think oh yeah where you see a you, song yeah you can like see in colors sounds. yeah you know so that's one of the reasons why I think he was so good at, as a songwriter,s because he could do that.
2: My biggest thoughts on XTC are always like, what would they have been if he if he hadn't been able to continue touring? Like, mm-hmm. I think they could have been much bigger. Like, Skylarking was so good, but they didn't tour it.
0: hmm
3: You know? It was well, much- and they had a couple of kind of bigger, not big hits, but, I mean, they were played on the radio. For sure. So, I mean. They could they could have been bigger, probably mm-hmm. like almost like an REM level. I think.
2: I do too. I, I have to say the next one is my least favorite, the Big Express. Yeah, it's I like a it's one. like a concept record.
1: I'll end up trying to defend that one too, I guess. But this is not not this is not a bad one. But no, um, it's just if if you're going to listen to XTC, this shouldn't be your first one.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I hate to do it. But I'm gonna give this one a thumbs down. I won't do that. But
3: yeah. I'm gonna give it a thumbs down. God, you guys. You guys
2: are killing me this this week, and 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 for all our listeners out there, if you think we're blazing through these, we kind of are because we are going to, we are attempting to cover six records this time. Henry, why is that? That's because our Patreon listeners have challenged us with an
1: extra album, and it is from a band called SOS Band.
2: Told you, Ken. Told you, loves Ken.
1: Ken. And the this record, one's for you, Ken. This one's for you, Ken.
2: This is a Patreon pick. It's a Patreon a, a pick. A Patreon pick
1: for SOS Band On The Rise. And we're going to listen to part of a song called I'm Not Running.
2: I don't know if it's on Spotify or not, because I don't have Spotify, but I had to listen to it on YouTube. And that's where
3: I listen to it.
2: Yeah. And so I'm just gonna start off by saying, God damn, Ken, I loved this record. I thought it was fucking great. We it just shows us how little we know about R and B music. Man. It does because this yeah. thing's yeah. fucking mm. killing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we need to take some notes here about I didn't even know these guys existed really. Is that no, sad? No, I had
3: heard of them before. I knew which song. is like, why is that? You what know, I, like, isn't it, it's disappointing?
2: Again, I knew them. Like, I knew a couple of their '70s songs from like compilations, mm-hmm. and I put them in the same boat with like um, the guys that did Celebration. You know, like songs like that yeah. level kind of thing. i or I, you know, what I, I thought SOS band when I, when I hear that, I think, oh, they've got a wedding song. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's some that one of their songs is like Brick House or something. This That's album is great. It's actually great. Dude,
1: it has Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis right. it. Right. So apparently. <laughs> I mean, how the fuck do we not know They don't yeah, know apparently, that. Apparently. We suck at our. SOS
2: man. Band was on Hard Times. I know. And Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis come in in 1983 and help them make this record. The mm-hmm. thing that blew my mind about it was all the new wave keyboard drum sounds that oh my
3: god i know right i was so shocked by that like i wasn't expecting that really at all
2: no i wasn't either i was expecting like straight up 70s funk kind of stuff and wow i was like how did i not know this record it's it it's
1: first of all it's not on the streaming services it's just the record's not Mm -hmm. serviced very well at all on the internet um and for reasons i don't even understand
2: but again, it's so, it's, another, it's another one of these albums that points out why I like doing this show because for me and for all our listeners out there, this is one you can put on and you're going to be like, whoa, I missed this and it's
3: awesome. So thank, and I never yeah. would have heard about it in any other way, I don't think. No. You know what I mean? I really don't think, which is a shame because it's a really good record. It's super fun. It's high energy, even though it kind of has the slower songs. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. I put it on while I was cleaning the house and I was blown away by it.
2: Yeah, it was great. Kian. I thought it was great, Kian. um Henry, what I would say to you, though, is I think the best we can do on the show Mm -hmm. is be open about the the areas that we... We're not musicologists. Yes. Everybody's got their... uh, Where they're strong. Yes. Uh, And where they're, you know... Like, obviously, metal and R&B the 80s are not our wheelhouse no but i'm learning metal we're learning but we're learning r&b as well but
1: but listeners like ken i have them to thank because i could we could really use some education on r&b sure if you could help us fill out our 1984 (laughs) right because that's coming
2: ken ken's gonna want to check so
1: ken your homework is to go and get us some r&b records
2: some good ones from 1984 that we should throw in the mix stuff that we may not know about sure would be happy to cover it, especially if they're as good as this one, because this is a hidden gem. I'm going to give it a thumbs up. I feel like the
3: early 80s was kind of like a very special, like unique time for R&B in particular, because there was kind of the still like the disco influence a little bit. And then there was like some new wave influence. So it was very unusual. And yeah, and it's just like, for some reason, nobody ever really talks about it.
2: And for those of you who don't know, like Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis actually came up in Minneapolis with Prince, like went to school with him and stuff. So they're coming; they're all coming out of that same, mm-hmm. um, like, melding new wave with funk and R and B at the same time. And it's really cool. I did; I just didn't know this was there. And it's like, wow, this to me, this was as close to rivaling a Prince record. As I've heard from the time, and I was just again shocked. I'd never heard of it. So. so,
1: like two coasts, they worked on this thing. Yeah, Atlanta and L.A.
2: Big, big thumbs up for me. Thanks, Satan.
1: Excellent. All right, so there we are. So now we're at the point of the show where we all decide what our pick is going to be. What is the one that we're then that we're saying is the best? I, this is tough for me.
3: It is tough.
1: Uh, it was not tough for me at all. I'm going to go with OMD.
2: Okay. Wow, I didn't think you would do that. I thought you were going with flick of the switch. <laughs> Funny.
3: So I'm torn between I'm, I'm torn between On the Rise by SOS Band and Dazzle Ship by OMD. But I think I'm going to have to go with Dazzle Ship just because I really I love this record and. Um, I've introduced it to like a couple of people and it's always fun, like hearing their reaction. Oh, so you like, I love
1: it where I turn somebody on to something they didn't know about.
3: Yeah, it's I, real. Cause nobody ever the shit. like, they uh, all think of like them as like the cheesy kind uh-huh. of one hit wonder. I would say a lot of people consider them. So it's like, no, that's not really what they're like at all. It's cool. Yeah.
2: Uh I'm going to go with On the Rise like hands down. Yes. Blew me away. Somebody um,
3: had to pick it because it's
2: yeah, it that was, good. It was easy for me cuz I I mean I, I literally had to like sit down when I was listening to it. I was working and I have a stand up desk and I was like <laughs> I got to find a fucking chair. <laughs> the fuck is this record. Well it's
3: especially great when you're not expecting like, or I guess you don't really know what to expect. And when you do get blown away like that, it's cool. And, yeah. And notice great.
1: to the streams, like get these guys on the big platforms, get them on Apple music. Books, I went say. to it, I went,
3: deal with that. I like, know. I wonder if there's a reason for
2: it. I went instantly to discogs and bought that, the vinyl. Did you really? Yeah. Cause I was like, I gotta have this. I gotta have this plane in my house. This is great. Damn straight. Don't want to have to go to fucking YouTube, which I don't even understand, but that's a whole different episode. Yeah.
1: Thanks to, uh, thanks everybody and thanks particularly to our Patreon subscribers who clued us into that. Thanks for joining up with us and helping us keep the lights on. If you like the records we're choosing, please consider subscribing to the pod. And uh, you'll have our newest content downloaded to your device. You can review us on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, or other platforms like Stitcher. Do I even mention Spotify anymore? Should I? I'm gonna, we're not doing Spotify. Is that the no-no now? We don't say Spotify. I mean, I I have Spotify
3: still. So.
1: so yeah. So if you're still doing yeah, Spotify, <laughs> I'll get you a link in there. Um, if you're still using it, you can chat us. She up. only uses it for
2: Rogan,
3: right? Right, right. Uh, she, no, she only, I'm not a Rogan head. She only listens but, to... Okay, that's why she, she only listens it. to Rogan. You
1: can't get... It. It's now the time for me to announce our Spotify $100, $100 million contract.
3: <laughs> yes.
1: Exclusive. Right. Where do
2: I sign? Where,
0: where do website do I? I listen, I listen to Joe Rogan million. every
2: day if they gave me that.
1: All
0: it
3: took was
2: the website. <laughs> Where do I sign, motherfucker? (laughs) Uh, Anyway,
1: I
3: would be a hundred million.
2: Yeah, I would sign me up.
3: You You could could, buy a whole lot of SOS vinyl. That's That's right. right. That's
2: right.
1: You could chat us up, ask us uh, questions, even on Twitter. You can go to our website now at www. dot smusicexposedcom you can also email us for right now email us at 80smusicexposed at gmail.com we'll come up with another more um, professionalized as we make iterative changes we're getting better more professional right um, still got a little edge to us I think you can leave us a voicemail on speakpipe uh, my twitter handle is at Hank G Chris what is yours
2: so like YouTube if you, if you fall asleep and leave it on yeah. Every time I wake up, it's talking to me about like how Joe Biden like drinks baby's blood.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: The was, algorithm doesn't make sense.
2: I so. was trying to watch an XTC video and I fell asleep. It was a mummer video. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, it's telling me about jo- why. What is going on with YouTube?
3: It, it's algorithming your asshole. Go off. to that kind of a video.
2: I'm just gonna stick to Twitter where I'm at TCI Duke. And all I um, all I see on there is sports and music. That's all I see.
3: Sports and music. That's it. What more do you need? I don't. I don't need um, anymore. I don't have a Twitter because just, I just don't. She but doesn't. My Instagram handle is bastards of young ninety two. And uh, Henry, I think you forgot one other method of reaching out to us. Oh, what did I what did I forget? Uh, sending. A handwritten letter from prison. That's right. Oh, boom, right. Boom. You could also send us a handwritten
1: letter and scan boom. it and email it to us. Boom. Boom.
3: Only if you're in prison, though.
2: Well, you're going to have to have an intermediary scan it to us, but.
3: Yes, it's It can
2: get to us. It can happen.
3: Mm-hmm. Thank People
2: you. Really <laughs> People
0: really win. People really win. Oh, oh, Chris. Megan, guess Mm
1: -hmm. what? I made you a mixtape.